0: What's up, everybody? Welcome
1: back to Speakeasy. It's Emily. Hey, everyone. So glad to be back with you all in the middle of the holiday season. Um, Things are actually crazy. We just kind of had a debrief session among ourselves of our crazy travel and holiday stories. But right now, to unwind, I am having a glass of Barefoot, of course.
2: Nice. That sounds delicious. Right now, I actually switch things up. I don't usually do wine, but um, as I was telling the girls, I actually like forgot my wallet and stuff at home. So I don't have any of my stuff. Uh, not all of my things. So I had to have Erin go buy me something. And that's why I have Stella Pink Rose today.
0: Gotta love it. <laughs> I um, was also telling them before we jumped on here that I lost my car. Like I'm 150 years old and couldn't find it to save my life. Um, I tracked, I looked around the airport for about an hour with all my bags. So that was really cute. Um, And I am also switching it up tonight. I am drinking White Zinfandel, I believe, Barefoot, which I never drink wine because it really brings out a dark passenger. But um you know tonight's we're getting crazy we're getting wild yeah i didn't
1: do any traveling over the weekend so i haven't really lost anything maybe my mind a little bit but that's why we're having this kind of little therapy session um and we're going to be talking about something that i definitely struggle with pretty regularly i think all three of us have experienced it and it's called imposter phenomenon um even if you haven't heard of that exact term, you've probably experienced degrees of this or at least know someone who has.
0: Yes, I know as people who have just entered um, the professional world and as young adults move into the world, I think we're a little too familiar with it. Time magazine actually defines imposter phenomenon as the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not because of your talent or qualifications. And good Lord, if that is not true, I really question my abilities every single day and assume that it's just because I got lucky. Um, so in other words, if you feel kind of like you're a fraud at work, you know, it's not probably true. <laughs> look at your- Probably problem. not true. I tell yeah. myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> so like, look at your accomplishments and if you feel unsure about whether or not you deserve your success, just take a, take a look down memory lane. You deserve it.
2: Yeah. And I think that this is something that we were really excited to talk about just because, you know, I think the main theme of our podcast is- Creating a space for you guys to relate to the news or create to current events. But we also, you know, in our main episodes and trailer episodes, let you know this is also going to be a space for self care and letting you know how to improve upon yourself or improve upon your mental being. So this is kind of one of those episodes, but this does also relate to kind of what's going on around us in the world as well. Because I think many of us, especially, you know, entering the workforce or entering new workforces during this time where you don't have that same level of connection to your coworkers can create a lot of these feelings.
0: I also think that amid the pandemic, we're seeing so many of our peers having peers, family members, anybody struggling to find themselves in a working environment. And I think sometimes we can look at ourselves and look at everybody else who is having a hard time due to this pandemic and just say, oh, maybe I just got lucky. Maybe, you know, they just needed somebody right now because of instability happening. And, you know, it's really easy to fall into that cycle.
1: Yes. 110%. And I think too, I just want to say right now, you will probably hear me laughing throughout this. And that's just because my philosophy, as in other episodes, is if I don't laugh, I'll cry. (laughs) So I personally definitely struggle with this a lot. And um, yeah, so I just think a lot of things we're going to talk about are very relatable, probably for quite a few people. And we hope that this helps you guys out, especially If you're in a place similar to us when you're just kind of venturing out and starting to kind of figure out this life thing, I don't know.
2: Yes. And I'm sorry if you guys heard my little tinging noise. I had to remove the glass from my straw. I was going to it up a little bit too fast and a little too fucked up too quickly. <laughs> so I had to slow it down real quick. We have um, big glasses of wine tonight. For this yeah. one. <laughs> but as Reagan was saying, I definitely think that this is something that, you know, like kind of what we talked about last time is a very common experience. It's something that a lot of us deal with and you're not alone when you Um, kind of feel like you're going through this. According to the Journal of Behavioral Science, about 70% of the population has experienced imposter phenomenon. Um, That's a pretty huge number and it doesn't get talked about enough. I think it's pretty important that people share their experiences because like many things, once we kind of open that veil and talk about what's going on, it really releases spot for many people to talk about their experiences. 100%.
1: And psychologist Audrey Irvin says that anyone who isn't able to internalize and own their successes is someone who can struggle with this. And I think you're 100% right, Lana, when you say like being vulnerable and talking about this is the best way to kind of figure out how to deal with it and how to heal and move forward. I know for me, it really kind of started throughout college because I was surrounded by so many successful people. You know, we all went to the same school and the journalism school we were in is extremely competitive. And it feels like everyone that I talked to who went to school with says that they identify with this to some degree. And so to see yourself kind of on the same level as those people, you know, doing those same kind of stories, getting those same kind of grades, it made me like take a step back and be like, do I deserve any of this? <laughs> like, is oh this all a fluke or should I like not be here? And I mean, it, it's, it's been a lot of growth and it's been quite a journey, but that's kind of how it started for me.
0: So. And I, I actually had a very similar experience as you, Reagan. I really think it started to hit me hard when I was like a junior in college and I was kind of starting to get into my core classes in the journalism school. And like you said, it's like crazy competitive. And there are people who you're matched up with or people who you're working alongside who are incredible. And you look at them and you're like, you're so smart. You're so capable. I'm not sure if I'm on your level. And I think it, it becomes one of those things where you're making it a toxic situation by seeing yourself as lesser than. And I know, like, for me, especially, like, getting out of um, school and kind of moving up higher and applying for jobs and stuff, the entire time I applied for jobs, there's that process of, like, you apply for 20, you get called back for maybe five or fewer. Like, it's just one of those really crazy situations where it's such a trial and error. And the entire time you're sitting there, like, and they know, they know that I'm not going (laughs) to.
1: They know. (laughs) Not- <laughs> Everyone is looking at me and
0: perceiving me and they yeah. know <laughs> Yes it's like they can tell that I am not as good as I think I am or other people may think I am like you just it's such a wild experience and then I moved into working and there I'm kind of just like am I here by luck I'm not real sure like and it's one of those things that I deal with on a pretty daily basis it's like trying to figure out how to navigate. Being confident in myself while still accepting that there are so many things I have yet to learn.
2: I definitely know that that is a lot of how my feelings feel as well. Um, For me, a little bit different than my co host, it really didn't feel like it progressed until I was applying for those jobs. I don't know, for me in college, I think it was really comfortable. I always had this kind of comfortability in academia. And because of that, actually for a really long time, I was thinking about just continuing with my master's because I was like, this is so comfortable. Like I know, like if I go on and do this, I'll know what I'm getting myself into. Like I'll feel very, you know, comfortable here. I don't know if I want to apply for those full-time positions and open myself up to this new world that I really don't know what I'm, what I'm dealing with. And definitely, you know, applying to those jobs and not hearing back from some people and thinking like, shit, like I suck and this sucks and, uh, and then even to the point of, okay, I secured my first job out of college and now I'm here and I immediately felt like a fraud and I was like, fuck, like I am so inexperienced and I know a lot of that kind of limited itself to. I joined a very small firm and pretty much everybody else at my firm had at least, you know, five to seven years age gap on me. So I'm like, they they all know I'm a baby who knows absolutely nothing and they just have to hold my hand through this walk and journey and I don't know why I was hired (laughs) and just continually thinking about how I was a burden to the team rather than how I was somebody who could be a helpful member of the team.
0: Lana, you actually made such an amazing point. Like you got your job and you walked in and immediately you're like, wow, I don't feel like people know I'm the baby. They know I'm the newest. And I think We come from this place, like when we finish college, we're in this area of like, I'm so good. I've learned so much. Like life is feeling so great for me right now because I've been trained by amazing professors and I've worked on incredible stories that make me feel good for having been a part of. Meanwhile, we enter the workforce as somebody who has never had a working experience in the field aside from internships where they are expected to kind of help you out. And you know that you're not supposed to know everything. But I think this like connotation comes with being a professional and knowing everything. And I think that that's really a gap where people at my work have absolutely helped me so much by just being like, look, it is not a problem. Ask any question you have. We're here to help you. We've all been here. But it really is just so hard moving on from stage to stage where, you know, you move up And then you start all over again. And it's that continual progression in different areas of your life. And that's just, I mean, that's life in general. You move up and then you start all over again. There are different chapters to every bit of you. And I think that that's something that really causes all of us to feel that way when we started a new job.
1: All of that definitely resonates with me a lot. And I think like throughout college and even now, being around people who also believe in success, to the level that you do, I know for me, it like intimidated me. Like I kind of always felt like I was the person who like won, like the biggest achiever in the room, kind of. And then you get to places, classes, schools, companies, workplaces where that's not the case. And it's like, oh my God, wait, so do I actually belong here? And so I feel like we all kind of have experienced varying shades of that. But I want to dig in a little bit into like the history and the psychology um, and just kind of help us and other people understand why this happens and why the hell is it so common? If we all, if so many people, 70% of people feel this way then why are we still set on this idea that like we're all frauds like why does it happen
0: they've actually seen that imposter phenomenon was first identified about 40 years ago by two psychologists named pauline rose clance and suzanne imes and at first people thought that it was just something that affected women now they're starting to see that it affects men and women probably equally. And it's hard to say exactly what causes it. Researchers have an idea that it could be linked to certain personality traits, such as anxiety, but it could also be related to your environment and lived experiences. And I know like at school, um, when I first started in college, I was like, I was the editor in chief of my newspaper. I (laughs) was, you know, I'm going to journalism school and I'm so set. Like I have so much passion about it. I showed up, Everyone was the editor right. <laughs> of the newspaper. Everyone had these unbelievable academic achievements. And it was like, you are not as special as you think you are. And <laughs> Reagan said, like, it's really hard to kind of come down from that idea and be in a room full of like-minded people who are absolutely on your level. And, and I think too, just to kind of add in on that,
1: Emily, like the opposite. I know for me, like I came from a place where a lot of people looked like me and I felt very like on the same level as people. And then when I went to college, I was surrounded by people that didn't look anything like me. So I really physically felt like I stuck out. And so that definitely did play a part in feeling like I just didn't belong there at all. So it, it's very interesting how com- complex this phenomenon is because there really are so many triggers and they don't know exactly what causes it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and also personality traits such as anxiety, like, hello, who doesn't have anxiety at this point, you know, like, so many people have anxiety-related issues of some kind, whether it's a bit, like extreme or, you know, mild, but, like, especially going into a new world, who doesn't have anxiety about that, so, like, the fact that people are experiencing this so seriously is, like, how could you not almost?
2: And I think it's kind of really interesting that we talked about one point being, you know, trigger points or what is something that really escalates these feelings within us. Um, And so there are actually five subgroups that were identified by Dr. Valerie Young, and it helps people kind of understand more about what triggers them as well as like what kind of identifies their um, imposter phenomenon, because it doesn't look the same within each person with, you know, most mental health, kind of things. It doesn't look the same for any person. And I want to, you know, disclaim, and we all want to disclaim that this is not like we're saying like, this is it, whatever. There's always more research to be done. There's always more to happen. And if you find that as we're talking about this, that you deal with this phenomenon, but you don't think that you fit within one of these bubbles, That doesn't mean that like we are the sale end all. There is so much (laughs) more to be to be learned.
1: (laughs) Um, As the TikTok tarot ladies tell me on my for you page, take what resonates
2: and leave the rest. (laughs) So. The five subgroups are number one, the perfectionist. So this kind of makes a lot of sense. Obviously, somebody who expects everything to be completely perfect all the time is going to have a lot of anxieties about their work and the level of competence it has. They expect it to always have the certain level to be 100% right or 100% at all times. They have to be 100% themselves. They are not allowed to you know, take that day off or take that breath or take whatever they are on this at all times. My hands are all the way up because you guys can't see it. Sorry. (laughs) And then number two, the Superman Superwoman. So this is somebody who wants to be there for everybody. Who's like, I will make sure that I am doing the absolute most. I will, oh, somebody on the team needs me to do this, this, and this, even though I already have a million, one things on my plate. I'm not going to let them know that I'm going to take that on and I'm going to make sure that I am doing whatever I can because I need everybody else to see how helpful and how much I'm being there because I don't feel like I'm doing enough at any time. This is me, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This one is me. (laughs) Um, The natural genius, number three. So this is the person who kind of grows up with everything just coming to them really easily. They're like, you know what? I grew up and I just picked up piano like that. And algebra, that was nothing. And every little thing just kind of picked up really easily so the second that something comes along and they're like wait this didn't instantly just become one of my skills what the fuck is happening they're flustered they're really scared and they suddenly feel like an imposter because everything in their life has always been easy why is this not they don't want to try something new they don't want to try hard they want it to be that same level of simplicity that they've experienced throughout their whole life Number four, the soloist. So this is the, I have to do it completely by myself and I won't ask for help. Even if I need help, I don't want to show that weakness. So I'm going to do it completely by myself. And this can be really traumatizing, obviously, because the second that you consider yourself the know-all, be-all, end-all, that's, that's it. I mean, where do you allow yourself to grow at all? Um, and lastly, the experts so this is somebody that, no matter how much you could have four degrees, you could have seventeen certifications, you could have twenty years of experience, but you 're never going to feel like that 's enough you 're going to continually be looking for that next degree, that next certification, that next Job That next thing that you can take on to put under your belt to make yourself better. But the thing is, is once you reach that the feeling isn't gone. You keep grabbing and you keep going. It's, it's just a cycle that doesn't end. So those are the five. <laughs> I wish you guys could see me right now because I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> I think we're all sweating. When uh, Lana was reading about the superwoman and the expert, those both made me like, have a physical reaction.
0: Um, yes. I would also say the soloist kind of hits me a little too close to home too, because I am ve- I always was very much the type to be like, okay, you're not doing things and you're not trying as hard as you should be. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm done and I'm gonna do it all myself and I don't care how stressed or anything that I am, I'm just gonna do it because clearly I cannot rely on anybody. I feel like we have all, even in some ways, we've all kind of hit every single stop on that train, you know, we all want to be the perfectionist. We all want to be the natural genius. We all want to be all of these things. And it's just like, you cannot be like an all encompassing thing. You can't be the person who carries such a load on your back. You will freak out.
1: Yeah. And when you, you know, Emily, like you said, those, all of those subgroups, I feel like I've been all of them at some point in my life. And when you break it down like that, it starts to make sense as to why this phenomenon is so widespread and why it's so common. I think something we talk about a lot on this podcast is how social media affects us, specifically our news consumption regularly. But I think it's important to bring up here too because we know that social media affects our mental health. We know that it makes us compare ourselves to other, others more. So if you're someone who is you know, like the superwoman who's trying to do it all and have it all, I think using social media will only heighten that, will only exasperate that. You know, feeling like a fraud, it's like for millennials and Gen Z, like these two generations are more likely than any others to experience this phenomenon. Um, So definitely something to think about when you're using social media and how much content you're consuming every day.
0: I think I've definitely picked up some coping mechanisms along the way. And one of my favorite ways to remind myself that I deserve my success is by sitting back and looking at stuff that I've produced in the past and looking at stuff that made me really proud. Because I think that those are some of the best ways to look at it and be like, you deserve this because, you know, you put 110% into this project and you cared so much about it and it made you feel great to produce and it made, you know, your subject um, have a place to tell their story. And I mean, this is for me in the media specifically. And I also, one of the other of my favorite tips is to talk to other young professionals, but who are a bit older and have a bit more experience. Um, I love to talk to my stepbrother. I love to talk to um, some friends at work who are younger, but have been in the field just a little bit longer. And they will all tell you like, if you didn't deserve it, you wouldn't be there. And that's something that they've had to learn as well. And they have a little bit more of an easier time saying, you know, I've, I've lived it, I've experienced it. And you just have to know that like, if you didn't deserve a job, they're not going to hire you because like if they hired somebody who is incapable of doing things, then that would just hurt them. That would hurt their ability to do their jobs correctly. So I think it's just really important to talk to people and look back at the things you're most proud of and remind yourself that, you know, these were triumphs for a reason.
2: I know that some of my own tips kind of mimic that. Um, For me, one, there's two things that I think really, really work well for me. And one of those things is talking to people, um, especially uh, I think, yeah, there's definitely a good amount of people who I think are maybe also young professionals that I reach out to. But I also I'd say I reach out more to the older professionals and people that I really aspire to and people that really motivate me and like i kind of look at their life and i'm like I, I i want that i like that i like to see what you're doing um so there you know were professors in the past who i kind of would reach out to and be like hey i'm really stuck i feel like an imposter i don't feel like i'm producing the stories i should be i, I just don't i don't know what's going on and they would you know sit me down and tell me like hey i have the exact same experience Da, 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 or take you through exactly like why you're feeling these things because many of them have experienced it themselves. Like I know for me, like one thing I said is that I experienced a lot of imposterism when it comes to my job and I actually really, really, I think a big place where it stems from is because I have so much respect for my boss. She's a woman that I think is extremely powerful and someone that I definitely would aspire to be sometime in my life. The way that she not only holds herself as a business one, but the character that she holds as a person, I really, I respect and admire it a lot. And so being able to have those conversations with her and be honest and be open and say, hey, right now I'm not feeling like I'm such a good member of the team or I'm not feeling like I'm contributing the way that I want to. And she's literally like been like, what are you talking about? Like you brought this to our team that we hadn't considered before. You're bringing these ideas that we hadn't considered before. You're doing this and this that we had never, you know, thought about. Like this is all new. And while you do have a lot to take from us, her whole philosophy is she doesn't bring anybody to her team that she doesn't believe that she could trust fall back and completely have their support as well because she says as much as she has those 20 plus whatever years of experience and knowing her field we bring a lot of different experiences and a lot of our own you know not just within the work field but within the lives that we lived we bring a different kind of realm of experience that she doesn't have and having somebody kind of wake me up to that truth and tell me you know like No matter how much experience that she's had or no matter whatever, she'll never be a black latinx woman who has those experiences she'll never be a spanish speaker she'll never be all of these things that i am that i encompass that i don't see of myself until there's somebody who i see as amazing pointing it out to me and obviously i would love for all of us to be able to see these things within ourselves without having to lean on anybody else but i think that if there is somebody that you really admire hearing them say those things really like just is like wow like it it just makes you feel
0: really really good you know what, Lana? I'm so happy that you said that, like going to somebody who you trust and somebody who um, has has been like a teacher or a mentor in some way in your life. And I think um, we in college had a professor named Mark. And Mark was the coolest guy on the entire planet, had this amazing career under his belt, had done all of these really neat things. Like he did this amazing photo essay inside of a prison about like the AIDS epidemic that was going on. And I think when I would go sit down with Mark um, and I was applying for jobs, I was really stressed and I was really kind of in this place of, do I even deserve to get a job in the field that I'm going for? Is it even, you know, is it even worth trying for at this point? Or should I go for internships? And Mark was like, do not let them hold that sort of power over you. They're asking for people to apply for these jobs. If they call you back, it's because they like what they see and you should never, ever feel like, they are just calling you back because they're giving like a pity. He's like, they will never. And Mark was a very tough love kind of person. (laughs) And he was, he gave it to you real. And that's how I always knew that Mark was telling the truth when he would tell me things. And that's how I always knew it came from the most sincere place is because he never would have minced words about it. I think that having him around was such a wonderful thing in applying for jobs. And unfortunately, um, we did lose him in February. Um, After a battle with cancer and every single time I applied for jobs or went to interviews after that, I thought to myself, you know, like, what would Mark say about doing this? What would Mark say about how to approach this situation? And I just remember so much of him saying like, don't ever make them make you feel bad about your skills because someone else will admire those skills. Eventually. Always talk to people who, are your mentors, and who will give it to you straight, because those are the people who would never steer you the wrong way.
2: I'm, like, crying in the club. I wish you guys could see. (laughs) Yeah. one out for the homies, honestly, because, yeah. Honestly, though, dedicate this episode to Mark Nojosa. He was one of the greatest teachers, I think, not only for us three, but for generations of journalism school students. I, I don't think that they're is, you know, a, a person who left that school without his mark being left on them. He, yeah. he, his imprint is on stories and stories for years to come.
1: And even just beyond J-School, the industry as a whole, like yeah. an absolute legend in the industry, especially the Chicagoland area. So yes. shout out, shout to, out mark. to Mark. We miss you. We love you so much. This one's for you. Yes. You guys are both so right in all the tips that you gave and- Definitely, I always think about Mark that makes me a little teary-eyed because I, I would so much love to hear his wisdom and guidance. And I'm so thankful for all the mentors and kind of mentor figures that I can turn to. I think two things for me that I like to do, especially at this point in my career, is one, visualization. You guys know I've talked about this in like the first episode. I'm a big like astro-ho and like into manifesting. So I really do believe in the power of visualizing. And I think if I could see myself doing it, I'm already like halfway to achieving it. Um, That's a little bit corny, but I do think that your mindset and being able to see yourself be successful and really kind of reckon with the idea that you deserve to have success. You deserve to be confident in your skills and you deserve to be on the same level as people you look up to. It might take a little bit of time. And yes, you do have to put in work to get there, but you deserve the opportunity to do that. So I think me like sitting down and visualizing that always kind of helps me just come to terms with that and be less intimidated once I get there. And I think the second thing that I've really picked up over the years is to fake it till you make it. And this is something that I could totally hear Mark and even Judd telling us throughout school, like pitch day, you get up there and you fake it till you make it. And that's, that's just the way it is. You know, sometimes you are like after a project, after an assignment, you're like, I can't believe that that actually went so well and you roll with it, you know, because Like I always say, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And at this point in my career, like Lana and Emily were saying, at my job, I also just feel like I can't believe I'm here. Like it's a really big company. My team, I'm the youngest person on my team. And I'm also the only person who's like, this is my first job. So I feel like an absolute baby. I feel like I have so much pressure on me, but my team is very, very supportive. And my plan is to just hold my head high and keep showing up with confidence and making it until I feel like I made it. And I would definitely encourage, you know, if you get anything from this episode, I think the message is to hold your head high, understand that you deserve success and you deserve the opportunity to work for it. So keep some confidence in
2: yourself. And I also realized that I said I had two tips for you guys. And then I only said one because we went on a tangent. But (laughs) my second tip for you all is to kind of not only, you know, reach out to those who inspire you, but let them know, like, this doesn't have to be those people who are like big admirations. But there are people on my team that I work with, but I really admire the work that they do, like. Recently I kind of noticed this and we have a graphic designer on our staff and I don't really see myself as a graphic designer at all. Like that's not something that I think I'm very um, you know, good at but it's something that before we hired her that was like my role and I did it a lot. And so seeing her now, I'm just all the time like just such an awe of her work and I will compliment her all the time. And it's in that ability to compliment her work that I kind of realized what I'm good at and what like I really feel good at because I felt like an imposter for so long and doing that type of work that I didn't feel comfortable with that now that like that's gone on to somebody else and I can look at their work and say like, ah, this is what I was wanting to see. This is what like I was expecting. And now I can look at my copy that pairs along with that and not feel drudged down by the image and say like, okay, like she did such a beautiful image and I did really lovely copy to pair with that. Like we, we were a team that made this happen together and because I'm able to respect and highlight what she did, I'm able to highlight and respect what I did a lot better as well.
1: That is such an amazing point that you bring up. Like, I can't stress how important it is. Like, yes, We're not saying the way to overcome this phenomenon is to, you know, just think of yourself as the best person in the room. Like, understand that at certain points in your life, you might be, like, the least skilled person there. Or, like, you might just not be as great as whoever it is you're, you know, looking up to. Not saying that that's Lana's situation at all. Because I consider Lana, like, one of the best graphic designers
0: I've ever Keep our like podcasts, every graphic we have is Lana. So yes. she can say like, oh, my, po- my graphic designs are okay. They're great. We yeah, all know she's literally graphic. our graphic designer
2: <laughs> or talk to your friends. They're also really good for your imposter yes. syndrome.
1: <laughs> but like I was saying, like, it's not about just being overconfident in yourself. Like reach out to the people that you look up to and ask them, how did you get here? Like, Instead of envying other people or feeling down about yourself, find out how can you constructively get to where you want to end up. That is, Lana, that's an amazing tip. <laughs>
0: Love, Love to see it. Love to hear it.
1: So moving into our amazing segment, Think or Drink. Um, this has been a, a, a pretty like serious topic, so I'm going to lighten things up. We are talking about imposters, but this is a different kind of imposter. I don't know if my co-hosts play Among Us, but I definitely do. (laughs) Um, So, and I'm sure most of you listening know what Among Us is, but it is a game and there are imposters in it. So I figured I would ask a question about our favorite imposter game, Among Us. So my question for my two lovely co-hosts, what year was the now super popular among us game release was it the best year of our lives 2016 2017 2018 or 2020.
0: i've actually never played this i don't think which now i really want it sounds like a blast (laughs) but since i don't know i'm really gonna go with the year that i became a person which was 2016.
2: Man, oh, this is hard because, like, I know it just reached, like, wide popularity this year, but I'm like, there's so many things that reach wide popularity, like, years after they're created. Like, like, my boyfriend's younger brother, I'm pretty sure, dressed as an imposter for Halloween this year. And I was like, how the hell? Like, what? This is really that big of a deal? Like, what the fuck? This is the first time I'd heard about it. I'm gonna have to go with 2018.
1: Emily, I'm sorry. I you you lost, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is like
2: the first week
1: I've won. Yes, literally ties are changing. Um Among Us was released and I believe it was June 2018 and it's just kind of now reached its popularity. They were going to release a second version, but because it became so popular, they decided instead of releasing a new one, they're actually going to just debug the first one and kind of improve it, which I'm happy about because I like the game a lot.
2: Let's get a Speakeasy Podcast Among Us game going, guys. Link in the chat. <laughs> we'll post it on our Instagram story one day and start playing. Oh my god, yes.
0: down. Um,
1: All right, guys. Well, I think that that's all we have for you this week. And I just want to remind my two amazing co-hosts that I don't think they're imposters or frauds. I've I've worked with them both on this podcast and in many other projects. I think they are two of the most capable and amazing people and producers I know. So just a little reminder to you and all the listeners. You're all so
0: fantastic, whatever it is you do and you are also not an imposter or a fraud we are all good talk to your friends man they just boost you up
1: yeah this was much needed so
0: (laughs) yes
2: yes i'm a little drunk i'm about one glass left of stella so it's been a good night i'm really happy we did this ladies absolutely cheers all right guys
1: well that's it keep your heads up and uh stay informed cheers bye Bye. Love it.